this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here, my guest this week in the studio, Denise Valkyrie. Denise, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thanks for having me. Now, Denise is a candidate for the Bloomington City Council, the District 1 seat. Now, that's the seat uh, being held, has been held for quite a while by Chris Sturbaum. There's also another challenger, Kate Rosenbarger. Now, this is in the Democratic primary, and, and Denise, the primary is days away. It is. You got a lot of work to do before then? I do. I have to talk to a lot of people before then, <laughs> and actually listen to a lot of people before then. And that's the most important thing. It's it's more listening than talking, isn't it? It really is. It really is. What and have you learned? Thus far, I've learned that people are really concerned and uh, worried about their bread and butter, basically. You know, how they're going to be able to stay in their homes, how they're going to be able to stay in Bloomington and afford to live here with it being the most expensive city right now in Indiana. Yeah. So. And with strange uh, uh, ranges between wealth and poverty. That's true. In fact, the biggest range in the state of Indiana. Am I correct on that? I think you are. It's craziness. It really is. How do people do it? How do people survive in that range? Um, That's a good question. I've been surviving in that range for quite some time. And uh, it takes a lot of creativity, a lot of teamwork. The city of Bloomington has been very responsive to the citizens who are struggling. But there are a lot of things that we still need to do. You've done a lot of struggling in your life, in your adult life at least. Right. Uh, So you know what it's like uh, to go maybe even paycheck to paycheck. I know what it's like to go without a paycheck. Oh, my God. And what do you do? Well, you talk to Dan Combs. (laughs) You know, you talk to your trustee first. You talk to the different organizations that are around uh, your city and available to you in your state. And what I found is that while you're struggling that way, you are inhibited from being able to find meaningful work as well because you have to take time off from work to jump through all of the hoops and to fill out all of the paperwork and go to all of the meetings that everybody requires of you. Yeah, right. One of my concerns has been that our agencies, our government agencies anyway, if we file our taxes, they they know what we earn. Uh-huh. And there's really no reason that we should have to duplicate our efforts yeah. and take that time off. And I've talked to a lot of the students at Indiana University when I meet them that are in IT and other IT people throughout the country and the state about this, um, because it seems to me that we could mobilize to improve that so that when somebody files their taxes, either their local taxes or their state taxes or their federal taxes, and I know this is a bit beyond the scope of what city council is capable of doing, but when people do file those things, there should be a way for that to be flagged Uh so that they can be offered their services that they are entitled to without them having to go out and take time off from work and sit in the FSSA office or sit in, you know, God bless them, Mackham's office and fill out paperwork and ask for help. Now, I should say, earlier when you uh, dropped Carp Combs' name, you're talking about the trustee for Perry Township, Carp Combs. 
the townships, anybody who's new to this area, it's not the same in every state, the townships help with indigent folks. Or they help in an emergency. Uh-huh. And that's what we had experienced. Yeah. We had moved here from Kokomo, Indiana. Okay. Uh, my husband followed me. I was in school. Uh, his uh, business that he had worked at had closed. And uh, I had been in school in Kokomo. And I thought, well, let's go to Bloomington. We love it down here. Uh, there's a great school environment for me to go to. It's wonderful for our four children. There's lots of things for them to do. We had come down here with a nice savings and ready to buy a home. And about six months into it, my husband had a heart attack. And at the time, he didn't have insurance. Mm-hmm. So it wiped out our savings. Oh, my gosh. It um, put us in jeopardy and uh, with four children living in a rented property uh, just outside of the city limits of Bloomington, um, I had to go to the trustee Mm -hmm. to find out what kind of help we could get. Because the trustee not only can give a one-time lump sum uh, grant, but also helps you find the different agencies that can help you. That's exactly right. And and he was very helpful. And... um, I was just glad to know that I could go to the trustee's office. Denise, how did you feel personally doing that? Personally, um, it was humbling. I had I had been on my own since I was about sixteen years old, but I'd always had some backup, you know, some a, a safety net. When we moved here, we had none of that. On your own, we were yeah. on our own. You know, I mean, we have friends in Indianapolis and Kokomo and family, and they did help us as well. But uh, to be able to move through that experience was very humbling. Mm-hmm. And then we had it happen two more times. Oh, my. So we'd get back up on our feet, and there was another health emergency. And mm-hmm. that would wipe us back out again. And, and it can happen to anybody. It can happen and to anyone. there's no warning. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, we're human beings. Things yeah. happen. You know, my children had great schools to go to, and they made wonderful friendships here in Bloomington, and so did we. And I was lucky to uh, have some background in radio and television. Um, I was a DJ myself up in Kokomo for a short while. Yeah. I did that, and then I was at WFYI as an intern. I was a pregnant intern. Up <laughs> so in Indianapolis. In, in Indianapolis, I got to work with J. Robert Cook, who had uh, done a lot of documentary work, mm-hmm. and Frank Connerman. And um, Lloyd Wright is going to be inducted into the Silver Circle for the regional Emmys. Uh-huh. So, uh, And it's a small world when you're a fifth-generation Hoosier. Yeah. Uh, he grew up right behind where my mother grew up in Beach oh Grove, my. Indiana. So I had some experience and was able to get a job at, here at WTIU, WFIU, mm-hmm. um, mostly with WTIU on the production crew. Uh-huh. And I did... Just about everything there, except run the place, is what I'll tell people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I assisted directed. I was a technical director. I was a floor manager. Uh, I was able to work with Suzanne Schwibbs most recently on a documentary called Along the Wabash. I oh. uh, was nominated for an Emmy and won a telly for that. And I, it's, I've worked with uh, the Monroe County Civic Theater here in Bloomington as well. So I, I, I've never just not been busy 
even while we were going through the hardships that we were. I felt that being busy working and going through school was going to help my children build a foundation that they could see they could achieve their dreams as long as they worked hard at it. About how old are they now? Um, my oldest is 34. Huh. My next is 30. The next is 25. <laughs> <laughs> and the youngest is 19. Uh-huh. And I have two grandchildren. As you talk about your jobs, you, you have had several different jobs, like many people in the United States nowadays. Let me find this quote. Someone has said of you, she has consistently worked two or three jobs at a time and raised four children, all while going to school and balancing a healthy marriage. That's a lot of people. We don't realize that people have so much on their plate. It's true. And that wasn't necessarily the case for my grandparents. Yeah. Or my parents. Right. You know, they they worked so that they could wouldn't have to work two or three jobs. Right. Things have changed so much in the way we live and the cost of living Mm -hmm. that it makes it nearly impossible. And I think that's because the minimum wage hasn't kept up with the rate of inflation. We're going to be talking about issues on Monday's Daily Local News program, Issues with Denise Valkyrie. One of your issues is that you would like to uh, support businesses that pay a living wage. That's right. Imagine that. Can you imagine that? That, that people say, come on and work for me, but I really can't pay you much at right. all. Not enough for you to survive. And that, that's for the small business owners, and that's for the large businesses yeah. as well, or, the, or even the chains. You know, they, they, they've got a little bit more wiggle room, um, and Liz Watson worked to make sure that use that wiggle room but if we were able to give businesses a tax break based on what how many employees they have Mm -hmm. that they pay at a living wage to the point where maybe businesses didn't pay any tax at all but people were earning a living wage we could rebuild our middle class again right and level our playing field for so many people and the city the municipality the county whichever governmental uh, entity you want to think of will eventually get its dollar from the worker that's exactly right and that's how we built our middle class in the first place you know it was it was paying a living wage and i I don't want to bring up the names of some of the businessmen that did that because they did other things that weren't so wonderful. Yeah. But they did realize that if they paid their workers a living wage, they could afford to even buy the products that they were producing. Right. They could live in their own home and invest in their own communities. And they did. Um, We're so busy right now that many of our at clubs and our activities that make us a commu- make people a community, people don't have time to be a part of. Mm-hmm. They don't have time to go to the Elks or to the Girl Scout meetings of their children or to their PTA and PTO meetings because they're working so much. Yes. If we leveled that playing field, I think that we would see a stronger and healthier community like we're trying to build here in Bloomington. Now, speaking of working a lot, as you've said, you've worked for WFYI radio and TV up Mm -hmm. in Indianapolis. 
You work now for WFIU and WTIU as an administrative support coordinator. And Indiana University Radio Television Services. Uh Uh-huh, and that entails what? That entails providing services for the university. Uh-huh. So that the, in, the uh, radio television services uh, provide support for the big screens at the uh-huh. assembly hall and yeah. in the uh, football stadium. And also recording um, special events, providing services for uh, professors that uh, want to stream out their information. Uh-huh. Well, uh, in addition to those things, uh, in your past, you have a past, young lady. I do. (laughs) You've been a court advocate for abused children in the Indianapolis juvenile court system? Yes, that was my first real job um, after working at the mall. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Um, And I was a young mother. Um, I was concerned about some of the things that I had been learning about uh, with children who were abused. And I thought I didn't have a great childhood. After I went to work there, I knew that I did have a lovely childhood. Uh, a um, matter of degree. It's a matter of degree. Yeah. And that was the called the Guardian Ad Litem in Marion County. And it was started by Judge James Payne huh. as an experiment. They had started it in California because children didn't have rights in the courts. And they didn't have anybody really to speak to for them. So he felt like, They needed that, and they set up this organization. It was about two or three years old when I went to work there. Um, I would go and interview foster families, parents, the children, and find out what they wanted. Uh, And most of the time, they wanted to be reunited with their families. Um, But some of these children suffered horribly in their little lives, and our goal was to try to stop the 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 circle of abuse that they had experienced. Right. How long did you do that? I was there for about two and a half years. I volunteered for a year and Mm -hmm. worked there for about two and a half years. Is there a sense that you got uh, at any time that it burned you out? Um, Yes, it did. It It was a hard job. And caseworkers, I know... At that time, and I think currently still are have a burnout rate of about two years, wow. because the caseload is so heavy. Yeah, and um, it's nice that they're getting more money and more training, and I hope that that helps our communities. I think remediation uh, and um, harm reduction are very important key components of making a better community. And I can go into that just a little bit uh, with um, the work that we've been doing here in the county and in the city with our opioid Mm -hmm. crisis. Um, I found recently that our responses for opioid uh, crises have been decreased by 10%. And that's because of the, the remediation and the harm reduction practices that we're putting in place. Uh-huh. And we've been experiencing more rehab centers and people that are intervening and listening to the people who are experiencing uh, those drug addictions, whether they're as a result of pain or mental illness. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful for us. The counties around us, however, 
have experienced a f- almost a 500% increase. Because mm-hmm. in, they don't have that foundation. They, they don't have that foundation. The education uh, component for them isn't there. Um, I've heard some state level uh, representatives say things like needle exchange program does nothing more than prevent the spread of disease so it's not worth having wow that was it was shocking yeah i mean isn't that enough right (laughs) (laughs) doesn't that decrease one of the stressors that's what we want right well uh, it's hard to understand what a lot of people think and do the uh primary election the last day to vote is tuesday may 7th it is it's coming up hey by the way i just wanted to go into more of your work because you've done a lot you were an accountant at a bank i was a trust secretary uh-huh. at a bank so i did that for a couple of years um and that was very interesting it was taking care of um a lot of widows and paying their bills, or mentally really? incapacitated people, and paying their bills, and it was it was really a lovely experience. Very stressful, yeah, uh, because you have to balance to the penny. That helped me as well through our difficult times, right? Yeah, because I can sit down and say, okay, this is what's really important, and this is how much it's got to go to it, and this is what we can wait on. It helped you prioritize. It did. It did. Wow. You've also been an Uber driver. I currently do some Ubering as well. Still do it. I still I love it. Do you really? <laughs> I really do. Why? I have met the most interesting people. I have met Rhodes Scholars, Washington Scholars, exchange students from all over the world. I told them I was going to start keeping a counting board up in the car so I can say who was from India and who was from Japan and who was from China and who was from England and France and Denmark and you know it's just been lovely what a way to meet people it's a great way to meet people it's like a 30 second TED talks in the car and I get to hear what they experience. I talk, you know, I'm not shy. So we'll talk about their experiences in their country. One of the things I've talked to them a lot about is health care and how they get receive their health care in their countries. How are they dealing with immigration in their societies, in their, their neighborhoods, and how they feel about it. And um, most of the people I have met have been absolutely lovely, welcoming Neat. and friendly. Yes. Yeah. Well, on top of all that, Denise, you've been working towards a bachelor's degree. That's right. For 20 years. 20 years. Well, I'll tell you this, that proves you've got stick to it <laughs> Right. Maybe not get her done this. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. I'm, I graduated December. You so. are going to graduate in December of 2019. That's right. In what? I'll have a liberal arts degree. Initially, I'd gone to school for a communications degree. Yeah. And then I changed to telecommunications when I met um, a professor from Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she talked me into uh, looking at telecommunications and film. Uh, she liked my presentation style. She encouraged me to get my internship at WFYI. Yeah. And um, it, it really, I just love doing that kind of work. But after all these years, things have changed so much. Yeah. And um, my last class I needed to take was a French class. (laughs) 
I hadn't spoken French in eight years. <laughs> so, so I changed to liberal arts, yeah. which was lovely because this semester I studied Trumpism, nationalism, and populism. And it was just eye-opening um, about how populism uh, works in the political realm and throughout the world. And I think we're at a time right now that's a cyclical time, and we're going to recover from the feeling of polarization that we yeah. have right now. You have that optimism. I, I do have that optimism. A lot because, of us don't. A lot don't, because, and I, I think that's because a lot of us live in the moment. Yeah. And, um, but when you look at history, you can see where we've come apart as human beings, and then we've come back together. And yeah. it's a natural cycle that ends up improving lives, actually. So every time that has happened, there's been improvements in society. We really enjoy um, a quality of life while we're complaining sometimes yeah. um, that our ancestors didn't. My great-grandmother oh, yeah. was a little orphan Annie. Um, her mother, her father passed away. Her mother was left with four children. Her mother remarried. He didn't want to take the four children with them when they moved to Michigan. So she was left with another family and worked for that family until she married. Huh. So that was how things, they didn't have the social programs that we do today. Yeah. And that's kind of how it went then. So, like and I said. And a lot of kicking and screaming to get there. But it happened. We have to kick and scream to get there. Yeah. We really do. And we need to listen to other people when they're, when they're saying this isn't right. Well, now, uh, speaking of Trumpism, from what I can find out, it looks like that 2016 election really sort of kicked you into high gear in terms of being interested in politics. It did. Um, I had met my husband, and his mother was involved in politics in Marion County in the state. Uh -huh. She was the first woman to be paid by uh, the Democrat Party in the state of Indiana. And she really uh, kind of threw me in. It's like, you know, well, here you are. You've married my son. You're going to start working at the polling places. <laughs> You're part of it. <laughs> You're part of it, whether like you want or to or not. <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed it. I, I got to meet a lot of really interesting people who have the best interests of the state at heart and yeah. the people that live in the state. But That's I, one thing that the general public doesn't realize, that there are people working for government who love to help. That's right. And who are making... In a sense, they're making a sacrifice because they could be making more money. Oh, that's absolutely else. right. That's absolutely right. And as at, when you say that, city councils, I looked it up to, because I'd have to give up Ubering if yeah, I win the right. And are I, you going to lose money? I no, I'll make about a thousand dollars more, and that's it. But it's sixteen thousand dollars a year is what they pay. It's a, a half time, yeah. It's a part time part -time job. Part time position. But I listen to what they do in the late nights that they spend, oh. and it's not a part time job. No. It's a very, very uh, taxing job uh, that requires people that are really dedicated to doing a lot of research and study and listening, and to grow a little bit of a thick skin. Now. A lot of us, we say, well, I know all about the issue. I read it about it in the Herald Times. Right. But the truth is, 
you've got to dig and dig and dig and ask questions and talk to p- experts and so forth. Talk to a lot of experts and do a lot of research. And I think that my work as a documentarian can help with that. And uh, the right. 20 years that I've been in school yeah. uh, doing research as well. So. Uh-huh. Now, uh, Rob Deppert, he encouraged you to get into politics. He did a little bit. He said, well, did I really encourage you? And I said, well, you kept asking me over and over if I was going to run, you know, and, uh, and so I did. And he's been very supportive, and um, he, uh, he and I have sat down several times and talked about policy and health care. Uh, that's one of his major concerns, and mine too, is the access to health care for people. And as I say, we'll get into that when we talk about the issues on Monday's daily local news program, Big Talk Extra. But again, as you say, you've been a worker, you've had all these jobs, you know what it's like to have money, you know what it's like not to have money. Now you say you want to bring a working class perspective to the council. I do. I haven't seen anybody on the council that has experienced what I have uh-huh. and then are currently experiencing what I have. Right. When I, in 2016, our income, and I, I've, I've published my tax report. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, and you're our, not suing anybody to stop it either. <laughs> you know, I'm not suing anybody to stop it. I'm like, this is exactly what it is. I made $19,000 in that year. My, that was our gross income. Uh-huh. Um, and you found a way to live on and it. And we found a way to live on it and, and live a healthy life, basically. Um, we were without insurance for many years. Yikes. And it, Yes, yikes. Uh, right before I got insurance uh, and was hired full-time at IU, um, I had worked myself into the ground basically yeah, after yeah. 2016 i organized helped organize that march in dc you helped organize an indiana contingent to go to the 2017 women's march on washington a year later you helped organize the 2018 indianapolis women's march that's right i uh, was going to conference after conference and training after training and organizing and staying up late and Ended up in the hospital for about a week. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then home about three more weeks. And I am still recovering from that bill. That's something I still can uh, relate to other people with. When they can't get to their jobs because they're ill or they're working because while they're ill because they can't afford to take the time off. Have you figured out a way to budget your time? In a way that's more beneficial to you. I have. I, I definitely take more time for myself now. And um, my husband and I go to Weight Watchers on Monday nights. That's our big date. <laughs> you know, a big date. I, I'm not real happy with him. He's lost almost 40 pounds, and I've lost five. <laughs> oh, my God. You better catch up. I you. better. <laughs> you don't have to. Only if you want to. That's right. That's the way it is. <laughs> la, 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 la. We've run out of time, so join us Monday for Big Talk Extra during the 5 p.m. Daily Local News for more of this conversation. Denise Valkyrie, she's running for the District 1 seat on Bloomington City Council. Denise, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having me.